Welcome everyone to another episode of the Noisecast. It's Alberto here, and today we are going to be talking uh, photography, and more specifically, we're going to be talking about film photography. Uh, with me, I have a very special guest. Uh, he is uh, well. I guess the best way to do it is to have him introduce himself. Uh, do you mind saying hello to everyone there? Hi, everyone. My name is Joshua Goldberg. I'm uh, the founder of Nice Film Club, a film photography development and scanning subscription service. And I'm from New York, born and raised, uh, back here now, spend a little time away, but uh, really happy to be back. I seem to be back during just about every crisis. It's, it's, I guess it's a true New Yorker in me. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, definitely appreciate that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, you're uh, you represent a nice film club, and as the name kind of suggests, uh, you know, you're you're primarily doing something that used to be pretty much ubiquitous in in New York City, especially. Um, but because of the rise of digital photography, kind of doesn't exist anymore, and that's a place where you can get your film developed. Right. Because I guess like not everyone, um, uh, a lot of people are picking up film for the first time um, in their lives. Um, Many of the uh, people who are shooting film these days are actually uh, younger people as uh, as opposed to uh, older people who would have who like myself uh, Mm -hmm. had familiarity with uh, the film format. Um, and I guess, you know, uh, development is one of those things where, you know, it's not like it's not like your digital photography that lives in a hard drive somewhere. So could you talk a little bit more about um, kind of, uh, you know, what drove, I guess, the need to build something like a, a film development subscription service? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting that you're talking to me from the perspective of someone who uh, really grew up around film. And I I can't say that I really grew up around film or photography at the time, but it's something that I really became obsessed with as I got more and more into photography. Um, mm-hmm. What I... What I really found was that this this is a medium that it's just it's not going away, right? It's forever. A lot of people will say film is future proof because it's just a different way of doing photography, of expressing yourself, of doing your own art. And I think there's an amazing community around it. Uh, the, the thing is that, as you mentioned, this is um, the, the services surrounding film photography used to be abundant. But slowly, and especially over the last 10 years, a lot of them went away, and there's been a resurgence, and there is a huge rise happening. Um, What I'm seeing is that there really isn't something that thwarts uh, the the film photography services into the modern era. And what I mean by that is a lot of the processes of developing and scanning the film are probably going to stay the same for quite a while. But there are a lot of um, external, external dependencies that can be a little bit better. Um, and that's where nice film club was really born out of because I was frustrated with the experience. And I felt like someone who was born into this era of convenience, um, had a little bit of, uh, a thought surrounding how can this be done to complement where the world is heading while keeping the integrity of the media. And right. that's where we are. 
Now it's so just so obviously you're coming you're coming at this from the perspective of someone who is a photographer and is someone who um, I guess kind of fell in love with the process of film photography in specific. Um, what were some of I guess like the early pain points when you first started uh, shooting film? What were some of the things that you found uh, to be challenging? I guess um, you know from beyond just the uh, the development standpoint. Because you did mention that there's a lot of um, like the ecosystem is very dependent on third parties. And I guess, um, you know, what do you do when uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, I loved it instantly. And I'll tell you why, because I loved it because of how difficult it became almost immediately. And I'm the type of person who loves to. Uh, hack away at something and f- just figure it out and work and work and work to try to make it better. Um, mm-hmm. Film, right? I mean, my first camera, my first film camera was an Olympus XA. And for those of you who know, that is, it's a very, very manual, compact camera. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of different options on it as to how you're going to shoot, but there's no automatic uh, focus, right? It's built in, I think, 1980 or 1979, something like that. And it just, it forced me to really learn the various dynamics surrounding shooting conditions um, in order to get the best out of that role. And that's another piece of film, right? You've only got 36 exposures on that roll of film. It's more intentional, right? right? You've got to really be um, thinking like, what am I getting out of this frame before you take that shot? And it took me a while to, to really get to the point where I felt like it was an extension of my eye. And I'm not there yet, right? It's a lifelong process. Um, if I was there, I'd be a master photographer, which I'm not, and I'm a long way from, but it's certainly <laughs> something that I'd love to aim for because it's, it's, a, it's a medium of art that I think is very, very special and very special to me. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think, um, you know, one of the biggest, for me, the biggest draw to film uh, was that it was much like um, the way an artist will uh, choose different, um, I guess, you know, their medium is always different, right? So, like, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a difference between painting uh, acrylics on a canvas versus, um, you know, spray paints on uh, on metal, like metal sheets, right? Um, the right, way that right, everything right. kind of interacts with one another gives it its uh, its unique quality. So it's just like, you know, we can both have, you know, for the sake of example, we could have the same XA camera, but if you're shooting, uh, you know, like a, a low grain, um, you know, color film versus uh, a very grainy uh, black and white film, you know, we could be taking the same sets of pictures, but we definitely have to approach it a very different um, different way. And I think it's, it's something that exists... Um, it's something you, that you can't quite capture, um, you know, in Lightroom. And believe me, I've tried, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, you know, it's one of those things that you try to uh, mimic the feel of film. But for sure. Um, but there's there's nothing quite like it, even when you're you're just looking at the scanned versions of, of your roles. Right. Like, I, I don't know about if that's the same uh, for you, but I remember when I, I first started um, picking film back up and just looking at the scans, even though they were, you know, very basic 
JPEGs. Just seeing them, you know, for the first time was just like, wow, this is this is something, um, you know, that I was trying to get um, a- after the fact when you know it's been sitting there the entire time. Absolutely, and um, yeah, you know, like it, 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 it's a real pleasant surprise every time you check out those scans, you know, every time you get to look at those images, it's always something like how did, sometimes you get frames and you're like, how did I do that? I don't remember. You try to think back to how you created that un, most likely unintentional effect, whether they're light leaks uh, going through the, you know, just exposing themselves onto the frame or, um, you know, extra grain in this condition that you just didn't even realize because you thought that you were exposing it properly. Um, it's a learning experience, you know, and, and you talk about using different rolls of film. The first year that I was shooting film, I used only one specific roll, uh, one, like one type of roll, right? It was an Aqua Vista 200 color. And okay. I, I shot with that for the entire year because my whole process, my whole thought process was that I'm not ready to, I needed some kind of control, right? To really understand what is it that I'm doing to get, create the effect that I want or the effect that I'm getting, mm-hmm. you know, not, I'm not just talking about the look of the image or the, the grain on the image. I'm talking about the composition on the image um, and the exposure and the contrast, the shadows, the highlights, um, I, I feel like all of those were really important for me to, to grasp before I could even move on to, to other films. I mean, the film types and uh, black and white, that's something that I, I still don't feel like I grasp nearly as well as I do color at this time and something that I really want to get into. But again, it's one of those things that I feel like photography, uh, you don't have to be particularly, you know, the, the limit as to which you can be a good photographer doesn't end at an early age. It's, it's a lifelong passion. It's a lifelong pursuit. And that's what I think really draws me to this. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think that's it right there. Right. So, you know, every, every good photographer that I've ever had, uh, the pleasure of speaking with, you know, all, always kind of br- breaks it down to the same thing. It's, you know, they never see themselves as having learned everything there is to, to learn about photography. You know, every time you're, um, yeah, you know, whether you're at an event, whether you're shooting streets or whether you're in a studio, you know, doing still life, there's always something, um, you know, the way the light falls, the way that you're setting up lights, the way you're setting up, uh, you know, off camera flash, the different, you know, you do something just slightly different with, uh, your composition. You know, it always, there's always something new to explore. There's always something that you have to, I guess, um, relearn every time you're in front of the camera. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I remember when I switched from the XA and even though I, I still use the XA quite a bit, I switched from the XA to, cause I do a lot of street photography. I switched from the XA to a Contax T3 and I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't realize that I would default to shooting with, um, with autofocus on the T3. And I remember starting to shoot with autofocus and I just thought, wow, like this is I can't believe it. This is much easier when you're taking that photo that uh, gives you a little bit of time to focus, right? It's an autofocus. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. 
Um, but in street photography, actually, I really prefer the XA because I just got so used to the different dials, the, um, you know, g- g- figuring out where the focus is going to be just by feel, just by touch. Uh, and that little camera with this incredible, incredible lens um, is just the most amazing compact little product that I think ever existed in my eyes uh, within the film consumer market. And I, you know, you know, it's one of those products, it's one of those cameras, right? One of those things that you're like, I wish that they reproduced or they created something that would be one step above this. It's interesting that since 1979, in my opinion, there has not been anything to that same exact standard, right? But it's specific Mm -hmm. to my needs, but it's... It's it's kind of like a wish that if I had all the money in the world one day, right, I would love to recreate something that's that camera, but better. Right, right. And you know what's funny is just like you can never quite put your finger on what that better right. is. Right, right. You is know, it the uh, lens? No, of course not. Because sometimes your images, they come out and they're just, they're perfect. They're incredible. And they're uh, such a such a pleasure to look at. I did that. That's what you think. Like, I, how did I get that? And I love looking at other people's photos and wondering, what is the story behind this? How did they possibly do this? I do that all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, um, we, we're, we're just kind of going on and riffing about, like, just what it's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the process of, of making photographs. Um, has, I guess, that education in photography uh, translated to um, your business? Because obviously, you know, um, a Nice Film Club is more than just um, a hobby. It's, it's a legit business. It's, you know, you, you, have, um, you have costs that you have to be aware of. You have um, development time. You, you have to put all these resources and, you know, figure it all out to have a good product. So would you say that, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your photography education has translated into uh, the world of business? Well, what I'll say is that it's enabled me to be passionate about this business, right? Because I'm, what I'm really doing ultimately is building a product for myself because for me, being someone who did not grow up with film photography as just from my youth, when I got into it, I was actually kind of in, I found the process, um, endearing but frustrating at the same time at times Mm -hmm. because I was never one person who had like oh that's my film shop that I'll go to sometimes I'll go to a film shop in Soho or in another city that I'm possibly in or in uh in Brooklyn whatever and I felt like the experience was always drastically different from what the outcome should have been relatively uh uniform do you know what I mean like you'll go to one shop and uh, in order to get your images emailed to you, it's like a hassle. You have to either give them a USB stick or you have to pay a bunch extra to get these files through different services. And then they get lost in these folders, which I, you know, I try to keep organized. And then I have to go back and pick up the negatives. Sometimes they'll lose the negatives. I mean, that's not something that any good film shot should ever do. But it felt like everywhere that I went, the experience was just drastically different. And I wanted to create something that just made it 
easier. Like I felt like every time that I would go into a film shop, I would have no idea what it was that I was about to pay for these film roles too. Oh yeah. That that's definitely something I think that anyone who's been shooting film in, like you said, in the last 10 years, you know, knows that moment of dread when you go up to the counter <laughs> right. and it's just like, well, you know, it's black and white. So what, you know, some places charge you more for black and white versus others that will charge you less. Um, is it 24 exposures? Is it 36? Oh, you don't do 120. It's like, or, or they'll develop 120, but that's about it. They, you know, they right. can't make prints. They can't, you know, they won't even cut your negatives. So Right. And there's very little visibility into that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? You, you don't really know until you get to the film shop, uh, which, right. is, which is kind of frustrating because there is a prop piece of it, right, which is this service and this technique that's required out of the, the lab, this, um, this expertise. And that's, that should be the baseline, right? But getting into this 2020, um, I felt, I always felt really gypped when I was charged extra for, for getting my scans emailed to me. Right, right. Right. Like there's no, there, there's no, um, there's no way that you, you would think that that's an extra service, you know, that it's in today's world that that should be a given. Right, right, right. And it seems like it's not. And what frustrated me even more was that the CD came for free or included, (laughs) but the email, the electronic medium, which has no physical cost besides maybe some storage space, um, was more expensive. And there's something about that that just bugged me, that always bugged me and, and rubbed me the wrong way. And I um, finally decided to do something about it. Yeah. So um, so right now, um, Nice Film Club, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, right now it's exclusive to uh, the New York City area, correct? That's right. That's right. Uh, the way that we're starting off is by doing pickup only service, meaning that uh, included with your subscription is a once monthly scheduled pickup. Uh, you can always get more pickups. They're just an additional cost. But the idea is that we want to make sure that we are owning the process of your film from beginning to end. However, with that said, in the future, we do want to expand. We are um, exploring the idea of doing mail-in orders as well. We're just figuring out the logistics around that because we want to make sure that everyone's film roles are dealt with care. Right, right. And again, it goes back to um, trying to ensure that whether it's your first time or your 20th time, that you're getting the same level of service and the same expectation each time that you you schedule your pickup. Totally, totally, totally. So, um, you know, right now, um, obviously, you know, we're we're in our I want to say our thousandth month of uh, quarantine. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, we're, we're recording in um, in, a, in late June. Um, so, you know, we've you know, New York City has uh, begun to reopen. You know, how yep. how was the um, uh, those three months where we basically were unsure if things were going to open anytime soon? Um, how did that impact uh, the rollout of, of the service? Well, I mean, to be honest, it was kind of nice because I had a little bit more time to um, focus on building the platform further. And uh, we're still at a point right now, we're still operating in a beta, 
which uh, means that we're really relying heavily on our current customer base to give us feedback and for us to improve as much as possible um, with respect to the service. The great piece of it, the great amazing piece about this quarantine, if you know the positives that there are, um, is that you would think immediately that people might be shooting less film, but it seems that they're actually, or a lot of people are shooting more because a lot of photographers will say like, uh, or a lot of people will say, what can I shoot if I can't go to these places? But oftentimes people will shoot the things that are closest to them the most. And right. at least for myself, I mean, I've been shooting my family members when I've been able to see them um, a lot more. I've been going through a lot more roles of film, but it's also, in terms of the business, um, people want something a little bit more convenient than having to go and interact with people at a facility right. or at a place. So that's been a benefit for us, but that's not necessarily something we're pretty optimistic. That's not something that we think is, you know, is the future of our world. I just think that we're catapulted in this position where people understand our offering a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, you know, obviously there, um, you took the, the time quote unquote away, um, and made the most of it, which I think is, um, that is such a photographer's thing to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, you, you have, um, you know, you have some time, so you just make the thing you're making better. Um, and that, you know, that's absolutely commendable. Um, you know, speaking of one of the, um, and obviously like with, with COVID and, and the reality of things, um, you know, obviously people should probably expect to, to see someone with a mask, right? Like it's, yep. it's all common sense things, right? Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt. I mean, look, we are not risking um, our own employees' lives and we're not going to be risking anyone's life over this, right? At the end of the day, this is, um, this is an enthusiast, this is a product that um, no one should be risking their life over, right? Unless you're maybe a war photographer of some sort, hope that no one's risking their life over it. Um, and, you know, yeah, we, we, we take precautions. Our messengers wear masks. And um, I, we wear masks anyways when we develop the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basic, uh, you know, basic precautionary steps. You know, For I sure. think that's, uh, you know, again, like I am looking forward to, um, you know, sending over some roles. Um, you know, we spoke uh, before we obviously uh, started recording and, you know, um, it's one of the things that I've been missing uh, since, you know, things started slowing down. Um, you know, I, I I was shooting about three three to four rolls a month. Um, mm -hmm. And like that all slowed down part, part, uh, partly because of just kind of adjusting to not being able to move around as much. Um, you know, I, I primarily uh, shoot street and it's just cool. like, you know, yeah. it's it's been kind of like a... What's the, like that that uh, caged in feeling, and it's just like yeah, no. I understand that. Of course, of course. Plus, you know the 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 fact that you're a New Yorker in New York to not be able to walk around is like extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, I am uh, very excited to to get back out there, and you know, having previewed um, you know the site, I have to say it's one of 
it's it's exactly what you expect from a developer in 2020, right? So it's just like it's not just um, send in you know send in your roles and you mm-hmm. kind of have to figure it all out. Like you guys have a really good uh, user interface there for uh, not just scheduling the pickups but even cataloging the roles that um, that you're submitting. So you know, kudos to you guys. You guys like are really knocking it out the park there. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. And, you know, it's a build off of that, right? It's, we're thinking a lot about the future state of this product. Um, A lot of the times, one thing that you and I, uh, Alberto, you know, we really talked about when, when uh, you previewed the product earlier is uh, high definition scans, right? What I was always kind of frustrated about was that we would you would have to pay up front in most shops right to get those high definition scans otherwise you would need to bring your negatives back in order to get it done you know and we're trying to make all of these services in the future that are reliant on the negatives um much easier to facilitate through our platform. Like you want a contact sheet printed. Cool. We have your negative still just add it and we'll do it. Um, you want higher resolution scans for just one photo. Great. Add it and we'll do it. Uh, TIFF files, JPEGs, 4k resolution, uh, you know, specific prints, scans with uh, different types of scanning. These are all things that we're thinking about that we believe are, we're, we're positioning ourselves to be a convenience in that way for our customers. And, you know, the, the real, the real idea behind nice film club is that we want to really empower the film photography community through modern film photography services. That's it. You know, that that's really it. We know that the film photography community is such a strong niche. And what we want to do is just, preserve it. We want to let people express themselves as well as they can um, through these, through our website, through our product and through their own film without having to go through pain points that we might've experienced previously. Right. Right. Yeah. I I definitely think, um, especially as people, you know, if they're on the fence, if they're considering uh, a service like this, I think spending some time on the website, getting to know um, just kind of the user interface, getting to know how, you know, these transactions work um, really sells the product or the service way, way more than anything that I can describe here. Um, You know, Again, uh, one of the things that I I personally loved was the fact that because uh, the scanning is already included um, in the subscription, I'd never have to worry about uh, if I have a bad roll of film. You know, I, you know, it's just like, all right, well, if it gets developed, then I know I'm getting scans versus, um, you know, when I would go to uh, my little shop in, in Greenpoint where it's just like, hey, you know, uh, we'll charge you for it. Uh, but we don't know if you're going to get anything until, you know, until after, um, you know, you've developed a roll of film. And, you know, with every little thing being added on, it just kind of, um, you know, you, you're just not quite sure what to do. And then having to come back and, and go through the process again was never my favorite um, part of uh, making photographs on film. So, you know, just being able to kind of keep everything in one place. Um, and like you said, just being able to just buy the add-ons, you know, if, uh, if 
most of the stuff uh, that I send is primarily personal stuff. Um, but there's that one, uh, that one role that has a, a few shots from a paying client and I need those in a higher resolution. The fact that mm-hmm. I can easily just point them out and say, Hey, you know, I just need this one, this one. And you guys like can do all that on, on your end. That's just phenomenal to me. It's just, you know, I, I it's not to say that I'm, I'm not a people person, but obviously, uh, the fewer trips you take, uh, you know, uh, to a store, it's the more time you have to spend shooting. Totally, totally. And that's not to, um, I guess, disregard people who just love doing that process themselves. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I love being in the dark room too. I love um, enlarging a photo from a negative. I love doing prints myself, but sometimes it's just not feasible. You know, sometimes you just want the end product without having to do it yourself and, and let professionals do it and not go through the whole process of, you know, um, I guess looking through the negatives, trying to search for that one frame when we've already got it handled for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely have to agree with that. Um, you know, uh, it, it's funny. It's kind of like in, in digital photography, I, I do my best to never have to look at, um, at a dark room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so I really appreciate the service. And, you know, again, um, as someone who has uh, worked in a dark room in the past, I totally get, you know, um, you know, the Zen, uh, the Zen like flow that you can get into, uh, while working. So I can appreciate both sides of it. Totally. Totally. Well, Josh, I don't want to, um, you know, keep you on too long. Um, I appreciate you for coming out again, but let, let everyone know where they could find, uh, you and where they could find a nice film club. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you can, uh, check the website out at a nice film club, nice film club.com. Um, we're currently in a beta. So if you sign up, um, I'll be sure to keep an eye out for you and we'll get you onboarded as if you're in the New York city area. Otherwise, please follow us on our Instagram, uh, at nice film club. And you can always also shoot me an email at josh at nicefilmclub.com. I'm ready and available at almost all working hours of the day and, uh, happy to chat with everyone. I, I really love this community. I hope that we're growing a product that not only meets everyone's needs, but, um, really uh, grows uh, grows the enthusiasm for this lifelong uh, form of art. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for um, stopping by. I, I'm looking forward to our um, our next pickup and I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what develops. For sure. Thank you so much, Alberta. This was great and uh, have a wonderful day. Enjoy, enjoy the outside world. We're allowed. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone, make sure you wear your mask, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for All sure. Right. Safety first. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for checking out this episode of The Noise Cast. As always, you can find us on social media at The Noise Cast on Instagram and at Noise Cast on Facebook and Twitter. This is Alberto signing off. Peace.